Welcome to our podcast. I'm Ethan Whitehill, President and Chief Creative Officer at Crux, the unagency that fuels business growth. Here on To The Point, we get to the point with entrepreneurs and marketers who have transformed organizations by elevating brands and amplifying mission. My guest today is Grant Burcham, a lifelong banker who took Missouri Bank to MoBank, growing assets from $15 million when he started to more than $600 million when he sold to BOK Financial in 2016. Under his leadership, Burcham's bank focused on small businesses. He understood small business owners because he was one. And I should mention MoBank was the Casey Chambers Small Business of the Year in 1999. Grant, let's start here. How did you get your start in the banking industry? I got my start in the banking industry because there was a job available. And in 1984, there weren't a lot of uh, uh, jobs available in any industry. So I applied to several different jobs around the middle part of the country and ended up at MoBank. It was Missouri Bank and Trust Company of Kansas City at the time. And what made MoBank stand out to you? It was a job. And so what I learned, my first job there uh, was in the bookkeeping department, counting checks. So literally, you may not remember this, but you used to get your, all your checks back in the mail every month. And my job was to count the checks to make sure that the right number of checks were going back to the customer. So was there a specific moment while you were counting checks when you said, I'm going to run this place someday? Uh, no, there was a specific moment when I thought, I don't want to do this the rest of my life, <laughs> count checks. And so really what I learned there, we were really small. We had very few resources. We had one location, downtown Kansas City, at a time that downtown Kansas City was literally dead. There was nothing going on. No drive-through, no ATM. And so what I learned is in order for us to succeed, we had to differentiate. It just wasn't good enough to go toe-to-toe with any bank in Kansas City, especially since we had two of the largest banks in Kansas City on either side of us. We had to do it differently. And what did, to you, what did different look like compared to the status quo in the industry? Sure. So Really what it meant was a response time. It was creativity. It was looking where all the other banks were going with their strategy. We always used to say, if they're going right, we're going left. If they're going left, we're going right. Trying to try to create opportunity for our team and the bank. And just as a former client of MoBank, one thing I've always noticed was the culture. And I think you built the brand largely through culture. And I'd love to hear more about that. Sure. We, out of necessity, given the lack of resources that we had, we really had to trust our team. I think the culture was built out of one of trust, one of respect. We always felt that all the things that were important to us, a mutual respect amongst the team was one of the the biggest. And to me, that meant that in my role as CEO and chairman, I was no more important than our wire clerk or our bookkeeper because all of us collectively work together to deliver to the client. The beauty of the banking business is you see thousands and thousands of real life case studies of business, and they're done thousands and thousands of ways. It's service businesses, it's manufacturing, it's capital intensive businesses, it's recurring revenue businesses. What you can do, if you're a banker that, that thinks that way, you can cobble together best practices from a wide variety of non-bank businesses Southwest Airlines back in the day, and you can apply them to your business. We did that. We made a habit of doing case studies on businesses outside of our industry. And applied that to your own yes. business. For other businesses, were there any common denominators that you found related to growth, like the successful ones 
had certain things going for him. What were those elements? I think it was always being customer centric and then having a good culture internally, because obviously the customer being customer centric is really important. But what oftentimes gets missed in that is if you don't have a good internal culture, you have excessive turnover, which kind of plays on each other. It contributes to a poor customer experience. So those companies that were really focused on the customer were the ones that won time and time again. That's so true. You see it every day in your own experience, whether it's a consumer or whatever. But it also then sort of begs the question, if you don't have a great culture, you can't snap your fingers and create one. You know, you mentioned earlier that you model it and you kind of show that behavior from the top. But how else can you develop a good culture? Yeah, I think that's really that's a good question, because I think a lot of times a manager or a business owner don't know what a good culture is. So their only inputs are from their past experience. I think you have to be really deliberate about training the culture, about digging into the details of the culture, mutual respect, delegation with trust, humor, the ability to be transparent about failings and successes. All of those things have to be, you just can't assume that say a new manager that you bring in understands it the way you do. And oftentimes that's that those can be stumbling blocks for a growing business that is really working on the culture is that they think they have the right person, but that person's influences in their career are very different than what you want to deliver. In, in the business today. In the banking business, you go on tours of businesses a lot, right? So I would go on plant tours and office tours. And it was really interesting to see the owners and the CEOs and how they dealt with their team. Some of them, we would go through a huge 100,000 square foot manufacturing plant and there wouldn't, he wouldn't, they wouldn't acknowledge a single person. Another one, you go through a 100,000 square foot manufacturing plant and that owner talks to every single person and has a personal antidote about their life, about their kids, about they just have relationships. So those are two very different ways to run a business. And it was always really interesting to me and actually played a part in the credit decision, how well I felt how cohesive the team was. And that employee-centric culture translates somewhat to a customer-centric culture. And, and, and you want that to, to bleed out. You want people to see it. But sometimes you need to give a little boost to it. And marketing comes into play. And, and I, I think that's one thing that stands out to me about MoBank as well, is you had a very different sort of approach and, and sort of take on marketing. Maybe you could talk about that. Sure. We really felt that we need, back to that differentiation that I talked about earlier, is that the marketing was the key way for us to differentiate from our competitors. And if you just look at the landscape of bank marketing, it, was, it wasn't really hard to differentiate, but it because it, all the other banks are the same, generally in how they market, product-based marketing, it was really easy for us to have a huge impact with differentiation by marketing our personality, our irreverence, our creativity, our diverse customer base. We really typically would not, we would let our customers do the talking and we never sold products with our marketing. And that sort of attitude and that brand that you were developing, it also came through in the physical spaces that you created. You created some pretty unique branches. What inspired that? It was really a function of the neighborhoods that we were in, but also back to differentiation. So a bank branch is a bank branch is a bank branch in any city in the country. People are trying to change that today. You see that with the Capital One Cafe, but we were doing it 25 years ago because we knew that our customer base would appreciate an environment that was not a traditional banking environment, both in how we treated them, but also the physical spaces that we did business. So they were open. They were largely considered more like an art gallery than a bank. So just thinking about the the business landscape you see today, as you said, you guys were ahead of the curve in your industry. I'm going to take that as you're kind of a visionary. (laughs) 
you're you're looking ahead. What are some things you see on the horizon? What are you noticing about the business climate today? Sure. I think the business climate is the perception of the business climate is largely influenced by things that aren't necessarily realistic. There's a, a wet blanket that gets laid on the economy on the future of business, say, in the next 12 to 18 months. I think it's a very different story than what we see day in and day out in business. I think things are a little brighter than you read. You've weathered some of these cycles and you've seen all your clients go through it too. So kind of when the headwinds are coming, you know, what do you recommend from a just next move perspective with with small businesses? Sure. I think the biggest thing a small business can do is to think through the scenarios, to take the time to say, okay, what if our sales drop. What if we have to be reactive instead of proactive in the next 12 months because of things outside of our control? And if you just have a game plan for two or three scenarios, best case, middle case, worst case, then it makes it a lot easier to be able to react to something that's outside of your control. So you've taken all this wisdom that that you've accumulated through all these relationships and through business, and you've applied that to kind of your own investing strategy in small business. And, and one of those businesses you recently invested in was SciTech. Tell us a little bit about SciTech. So SciTech is a small to medium-sized business provider of IT services, security, and support. We've been doing it for 25 years. We bought the company two years ago, this May. I love that business because clearly it's a growth business. Every business in Kansas City needs what we provide and what we sell. But also what I like about it is it's a really fragmented industry. I know lots and lots of business owners. I talked to a lot of them about who do you use for IT security and support, and I've never heard the same name twice. And so what that means to me is that means opportunity. The company, we bought it from a longtime MoBank customer. It was just the timing was right. And it's been great. You also invested in another little company called Crux. What led you to that decision? Same thing. If you think about differentiation, what I saw in Crux was a strong leader with a very differentiated business model that played exactly to the small to medium sized business market where I have, where I built my career. So I, in dealing with small to medium sized businesses, I understood the power of fractional marketing and the need for it without the overhead that, that comes from hiring your own folks. So it just made great sense. Great growth trajectory, unlimited market, great leader. Shifting hats from investor to mentor and advisor. You do a great job at that. I think you're able to apply everything that you've learned over your career, and you can convey that in a pretty subtle way, (laughs) which I appreciate. So people kind of self-discover what they need to discover. Talk about that a little bit, just at your stage of life, being a mentor and, and what that means and how important that is. Yeah, it's probably the most rewarding thing other than family that I do these days is to is to work with Ryan at SciTech and Malia here and others, my son and his business, to help them think through challenges and problems. Because oftentimes you can get in the weeds and you can't step out of it. I always tell, I always tell everybody, you know, you're too busy cutting down the tree to sharpen the saw. So what we try to do, what I try to do is help people step out of the day-to-day and to look at their business from the outside in. That's that, that's great. And and I think that's that's one of the things that makes Kansas City unique. I think there's a real mentor culture here that is fueling a lot of our small business growth today. So thank you for that. Going less serious on the questions now, we are now to my random 20 questions. I'm going to roll this 20-sided die, and whatever comes up, I don't know what it's going to be. Bring it. you got to be game to answer, okay? What do we get? Nine. Let's see. That is a nine. Oh, this is a good one. We've asked this one before. What is the best concert you've ever been to? 
So New Orleans Jazz Festival, probably 10 years ago. Elton John. Elton John. Uh, from, nice. from 20 feet away. Oh, my gosh. It's spectacular. Do you remember the one song that... You know, he's got so many great songs. Yeah. I don't remember a specific song, but I do, you know, at the New Orleans Jazz Festival, if you haven't been, it's just fantastic. There's five stages going at yeah. once. There's banners. It's just like, if, you know, you would envision any of the big giant festivals in the past that, you know, it was really, it's great. Thank you for that memory. I appreciate that. Um, last but not least, if folks want to learn more about SciTech, since we talked about them, how do they how do they do that? www.scitechcorp.com. Fantastic. Grant, thank you so much. Thanks, Ethan. Appreciate it. 